I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. In a franchise as long running as Star Trek has been, by the very nature of the beast, there's going to be hundreds and hundreds of characters. Now, there's going to be the characters that stand out and that you remember... And there's going to be the rest. And then there's going to be some golden characters. Those ones that only appear in maybe one scene. And they leave such an impression that you never, ever forget them. With those characters in mind, I'm Sean Ferrick, here for Trek Culture. And these are the 10 best Star Trek characters who only appear in one scene. 10. Quimp. Our first character on this list is actually one of the newer characters to be introduced to the franchise. It's Quimp the Ferengi who appeared in the second episode of season one of Lower Decks, the episode called Envoys. Quimp, when we first meet him, is the most stereotypical Ferengi you're gonna meet. We're talking Armin Zimmerman, the last outpost level of stereotypical Ferengi. He is able to help Boimler get his confidence back his groove back, if you will. Boimler is able to get back on his feet. He is able to, you know, get one over on Mariner, or so he thinks. And all of this because of one teeth-gnashing, very unpleasant Ferengi who's just there to muck some stuff up. Until we find out, like, you know, like a little sub-scene. Here I am breaking the rules already. But yeah, a little sub-scene where Quimp is not actually who we thought he was. And he's actually a really, really kind of nice Ferengi. And he was just helping Mariner now. But not important. Quimp, Ferengi, we love him. Nine, and it's going to be the first of one of Mark Alimo's characters on this list. It's Frederick LaRocque. Now, some of you will be going, who? And that would be fair. Some others might be going... Ah, yeah, your man. Frederick LaRocque is the poker player from Time's Arrow who unwisely goes up against Data in a match. Now, he thinks he's going to get one over on this pale man walking in in his pyjamas and instead he loses his waistcoat and most of his money. However, Mark Alimo, as always, commands such presence in the scene. It's the way he speaks, man. But yeah, Frederick LaRocque stands out just for this... 30-second little scene in one episode of The Next Generation. And for that, we love him. We also love the fact that he quizzes data on French. And we get to hear Brent Spiner just roll off something that he had originally called a dead language. Which was, you know, not the thing you say to your French captain. For our next character on the list, you've got Baylock. Go all the way back in time to 1966. 
And what this is, is the character who pilots the Fasarius. So it's the Corbomite maneuver. So this is early, early Trek. So you might probably remember the image of the green-skinned alien, you know, a la Area 51, who was the first image of Balok. Well, actually, Balok is the child who was piloting the Fasarius as a member of the First Federation and played by Clint Howard, who would, of course, return to Star Trek a few times in DS9 past tense, but also in Star Trek Discovery, Will You Take My Hand? He is his own ambassador, if you like, and he ends up taking on an ambassador from the Federation. He is full of glee, full of joy. It's an image that all these years later still sticks out in Star Trek history. Number seven, we have Barash. So in Star Trek The Next Generation, future imperfect, we have Riker seemingly wakes up years in the future. He's got a bit of grey in his temples, that's how we know it's years in the future. And he doesn't remember anything that's gone on for the last decade or so, ever since there was an accident on an away mission. He is startled to find that he's in control of the Enterprise, that Admiral Picard is now an ambassador with the Romulans, and wait, who's that kid in his quarters? Barash is a very sad character in a way because he's been left on his own after the Romulans hunted he and his mother effectively to the point of extinction. It's quite a lonely existence and so he's no villain. He does take Riker prisoner but it's only because he needs a companion. But that image of Barash in the end with his, you know, asparagus fingers and his, again, little green man face. One of the more interesting alien designs that stands out very much, especially for the, for the sad story that it was. Now, number six, bringing things up again a little bit, is uh, you, you might have heard of this actor. Uh, he's been in a few things. Um, the Pandari Champion from Sunkatsi from season six of Star Trek Voyager is of course played by Dwayne The Rock Johnson. This was still very much 90s. The career hadn't quite hit the heights that it's at today. He was still very much associated with, you know, the eyebrow. And he goes up against Seven of Nine. Now, Jerry Ryan looks like she could hold her own in a fight. Potentially mismatched against The Rock. But she doesn't die. So I say that's a win. Number five is Silurin Prin. Star Trek Deep Space Nine really wasn't afraid to push boundaries and the darkness and the light from the fifth season, now that really pushed boundaries. Kira Norice is of course, uh, you know, she'll wear it on her sleeve, the fact that she's a former terrorist. And it wasn't afraid to explore that aspect of her character. Here, Silurin Prin is a victim of one of the Shikar resistance cells attacks. It's left him crippled and it's left him really not altogether there. He starts picking off the survivors of the Shikar cell one by one, but also in a way of teaching Kira a lesson. Kira is of course heavily pregnant with the O'Brien's baby at this point, so Prin in his twisted form of logic is happy for Kira to die, but not for the baby to die. Now he's played by guest star Randy Oglesby, who would come back many times in Star Trek, but probably most recognizably as Degra in Star Trek Enterprise. His command of the scene, it's deeply uncomfortable because in a way, you should be sort of feeling bad for this character. But in another way, he's committed such horrible acts that in this 
short scene alone, he's unforgettable for all the wrong reasons. Number four, Captain Morgan Bateson. I don't know about you, but cause and effect is one of the best episodes there is. Now, I don't know about you, but cause and effect is one of the best episodes that, wait a minute, we've done this already. The Bozeman smashes into the Enterprise, you know it, tale as old as time. Thankfully, at the very end, after all of the time loops and the whoop-de-doos and the Groundhog Days, Data realises, we've got to follow Picard's idea. We've got to push the thing away, not with the tractor beam against the Bozeman, but as we're going to depressurize the shuttle bay and away the Enterprise goes and everybody's happy out. Well, almost everybody. The Bozeman hails the Enterprise. Up comes the screen, and then, my God! It's Fraser Crane, Captain Morgan Bateson, played by guest star Kelsey Grammer in his to date only uh, appearance in Star Trek. And yet, the cool calm in which he offers help to the Enterprise in that beautiful Sideshow Bob voice. Yeah, he's pretty, pretty bloody memorable. He just has a few years of history to start catching up on. Number three, Tipau. Amok Time is one of the quintessential episodes of Star Trek. It tells us so much about the Vulcan people. It tells us so much about Spock. You know, it tells us so much about his friendship with Kirk. Obviously, people remember the scene at the end where he realizes Kirk has not been killed and we get Leonard Nimoy's take on an emotional Spock as opposed to, and I say this with love, Zachary Quinto's take on a, oh, who called four seconds between the next emotional outburst? Sweet, that's cool. That is not a criticism against Quinto. That is how the character was written. Tipau, not related to any of that, is one of the matriarchs, if you like, of Vulcan society. Now, portrayed by C.D. Lovsky, she only appeared in this one episode and yet, in a way, became the archetype, if you like, for a lot of Vulcans going forward. Now, obviously, you have your Sarex, your Spock and everything, but Tipau is the Vulcan female until T'Pol comes along. She stands out because through her, there is another glimpse into Vulcan society. Number two is one of the very, 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 very few people to have ever played themselves on Star Trek. And this is Professor Stephen Hawking. Now he appears in holographic setting in Descent. He's playing cards with Data and he has a great time because he's doing quite well in it. And there's a great anecdote from the set, which is when Stephen Hawking was going through the set. They passed the warp core and he sort of quipped and working on that, which I just think is brilliant. But yes, plotting him in the scene with Albert Einstein and Sir Isaac Newton. I mean, these are, these are giants of scientific learning in a show that is very much about pushing the scientific boundaries. It's a very, very short scene. You know, he's not in it for very long. However, it's so much fun it really is. It's a nice little scene, and it's one of the things that Star Trek is really very good at doing. And number one on our list, boom, Mark Alimo is back again as Commander T-Bok, who was the first Romulan commander that we see in Star Trek The Next Generation. Again, cannot praise it highly enough, that man's voice. My God. He's only in that one short scene at the end of the episode. This is the neutral zone. It's the last episode of season one with that beautiful Romulan Warbird design by Andrew Probert. They really mean business. They have such control, but particularly, I think they hired the perfect actor, the perfect actor to take on this part, to let the Federation know, 
that the Romulans are here to stay. You're not dealing with anyone else anymore. You're dealing with us. And they have beefed up. It's a great episode. It's a great reintroduction of the characters. It's a great reintroduction of the race. Marco Limo, I mean, it goes without saying that pretty much everything he ever did in Star Trek, he did with just mwah levels of greatness. Even his Antiguan, all right? Nobody talks about him enough. There was no better person to say the phrase, we are back. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.